0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org.
1: Welcome to Pastor Ray's popular, life-changing six-day series entitled, The Truth About Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. Each of these can be a powerful tool in Satan's bag of tricks neutralizing a Christian's walk by entrapping him and making him ineffective for God's use. As life's pressures grow, so likewise does discouragement, which never operates alone, but rather as the crowbar that opens the door to doubt. Once in doubt, left unchecked, and no longer trusting that God is the problem's solution, the Christian will ultimately take the path of least resistance, to a place where he settles for far less than that which God had intended. A place called compromise. But you'll find real hope in the powerful 16 Bible-based steps Pastor suggests will battle these forces and his encouraging words that even though the journey is difficult, it doesn't mean that God can't be in it. Here's the truth about discouragement, doubt, and compromise.
2: Just because the journey gets difficult doesn't mean that God is not in it. As a matter of fact, you'll find that in the most difficult places you go, God is leading you right through it. Because you hit a little rough patch, because you hit a little bumpy road, because you hit a little area in your life, in your walk, in your journey with God, in the pursuit of God, in the pursuit of the things of God, in the pursuit of your dreams, of your visions, of of the reality of seeing the word of God, you know, become a reality in your life, the manifestation of it. Because you hit a couple of bumps along the way or a patch of road, and the journey becomes a little bit more difficult, that's no reason to get discouraged. And if you don't deal with that discouragement, you're going to start doubting. And if you start doubting, ultimately the devil will gladly bring you to the place of God because he doesn't want you to reach your destination. He doesn't want this to become a reality in your life. He doesn't want the promises of God to become real and tangible. He doesn't want you to work your faith. He doesn't want you to believe God. He wants you to think that you're, you missed it. He wants you to think that you're off course. He wants you to think that it's never going to get better. It's never going to get to where you want to go. It's never going to happen. You can't do it. You, you don't have what it takes. I can't tell you how many times the devil told me I didn't have what it takes. Uh, How many times he would tell me, you're not smart enough, you're not this enough, you're not that enough, you're not charismatic enough, you're not married, you're not, oh, he told me every kind of lie to try to discourage me in the hope that I would begin to doubt the call of God on my life to ultimately bring me to the place where I would compromise, make a concession, back off from the plan of God and say, I'll settle for this. I'll just be an usher in the church. I'll just be a parking lot attendant in the church. Well, do you understand what I'm saying? The enemy will use discouragement to bring God's people to the place of doubt with the hopes that your doubts will cause you to compromise what God has promised to you. Compromise the pursuit of your dream and your vision and the destiny that you are going after. And I've seen so many people, unfortunate as it is, I've seen too many Christians in the place of compromise. How many remember the story of Jesus in the desert? He gets baptized by John the Baptist. The Holy Spirit descends upon him like a dove. The voice of God comes, the voice of the Father comes out of heaven, this is my son, whom I'm well pleased, believe him, follow him. And the next place that the Spirit leads Jesus is in the desert. For 40 days, he's fasting. He's had no food and no water. And who shows up in the place of physical weakness? Who shows up but the devil himself. And three times the enemy tried, listen to me, tried to get Jesus discouraged, doubting, with the hope that he would compromise in the desert. Three times, if you ever saw the example of discouragement. Now what he didn't realize is that he's talking to the king of glory. Jesus wasn't discouraged. Jesus was charged. But the enemy saw him hungry and thirsty and thought, what a great opportunity to come in here and to discourage him with the hopes that he could get him to doubt who he was. Hopefully to get, what a dumb devil. <laughs> Taking the word and twisting the word with Jesus. He didn't, did he forget that Jesus is the word? Jesus didn't just know the word. Jesus is the word. Trying to twist the word with the ultimate and the hope that he would bring Jesus to the compromise. Just just jump off here. And the the word says that the angels will guard you and guide them in, in, in in their hands. Jesus knew that verse. He wrote it. He is it. He put it there. He didn't need the devil to quote it. And if you read it, you know the devil misquoted it a little bit. And then, and then he, says, he, he says, well, look, look at all of this. Look at all of this wealth. You bow down to me and I will give it to you. Did he forget that Jesus created it all? Did he forget that he just has a lease on it right now and he doesn't own it? This is all God's. It's not yours, Satan. You have a lease on it for a while, but you don't own it. Did he forget for a minute? That's how dumb. If you really want to, people are afraid of the devil. Don't be afraid of the devil. You have power and authority over him. And when you really look at him, he, he's crafty. But, but he's, he's also kind of stupid because why would you try? Why would you try that trick on Jesus? Because he really, see, he's so deceived. Wow, this is powerful. He is so deceived that he thought that he could trick Jesus. That's how deceived he is. That's how stinking deceived the devil is. So three times he tried to get him discouraged, hoping that he would become... You know, he would become doubtful and then hopefully bring him to the place of compromise where he would bow down to the devil. You see, even Jesus himself had to endure this trick of the enemy in his life. So sometimes the journey can be difficult. But in order to, 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 to do what you were created to do, you have to go through the process. Sometimes the journey may seem difficult, but sometimes the very difficulties that we are navigating through are really strengthening our faith muscles so that we can do what we've been created to do. So, so you see, you see, just because the journey may be a little difficult doesn't mean you ought to get discouraged. Discouraged. Just because sometimes it gets a little difficult, that's not time for you to pack it up and start doubting and disbelieving. That's the time for you to say, oh, here comes discouragement. Here comes the tool of the enemy trying to pry open my heart because he wants to get me to doubt because he wants me to compromise my position right now. start thinking, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. I'm not the other thing enough. It's exactly the way the enemy works to try to get you discouraged, doubting, and ultimately making a compromise in your life. The path of least resistance, which isn't always good for you. When I look back over those days, I realize that all the difficult places that I've been, like I told you before, I had a better way to get to where I am today. A much easier route. But God and his wisdom, his mercy and his love for me, allowed me to go through those difficult times because they prepared me for what I'm doing today. They strengthened me. They helped me to learn along the way on how to deal with things. Had I not gone the difficult way, I don't know where we get this idea that it's always supposed to be a cakewalk. Now, like I said before, why does the church swell? Because a lot of these folks, you know, unfortunately, there's so many people that are compromised in their walk with God. They they just can't stay on the journey. They can't stay on the journey. Because, you know, oh man, it's sort of like, 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 you know, you get people, um, they want to help in the church and, until they find out what they have to do. Oh, you mean I have to be there Wednesday for rehearsal? Like you want to join the music man. I have to be there Wednesday for re- rehearsal? And then you want me to be there Thursday to do the service? And then you guys do Saturday night too at 2 on Sunday? And you expect me to, well, uh, I don't think I can do that. They're not committed to the journey. They're not committed to the journey. They're discouraged, start doubting whether they can do it, they make a compromise, the very thing that God is calling them to do, participating, helping, whatever it be, you can plug that little scenario into any uh, area of life or any situation because it works over and over again. If you look at it, you'll see in your own life how many times you've been, you got discouraged, you started to doubt, and you ultimately made concessions and you compromised because you just didn't want to stand the journey. He just didn't want to push through. See? We need to to continue. We need to keep walking. Let let me give you another illustration here. Numbers 21, verse 4 and 5. Children of Israel coming out of Egypt. And it says in verse 4, They journeyed from Mount Hor by way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. Now listen to what it says. Now now let let me just bring that. God did all kinds of miracles for them in Egypt. Remember? Uh, the snakes and the locusts and the, the water turned in blood and, and, and Moses just kept persisting with Pharaoh, let my people go and, and just God sent every kind of plague to Pharaoh to finally, he just, he just said, that's it I, just get out of here, we want you out of here God supernaturally released them from bondage supernaturally these were Pharaoh's slaves. Supernaturally God re- released them from bondage. They saw all the miracle. God opens up the Red Sea. They're at the edge of the Red Sea. And God does a huge miracle by parting the sea and they go over on dry ground. How much more miracle would you How much more evidence would you have to need to prove to you that God is on your side? <laughs> I mean, talk about it. God provided manna for them. They were hungry. There was no food. God provided supernaturally bread and quail from the sky that fell upon. How much more proof would you need that God is on your side and God's looking out for you? How much more proof would you need? But you see, the children of Israel were on a journey and the journey was not that easy. It was a difficult journey. It was the long way around. Now listen to what it says. It says, they went by way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And it says, and the soul, which means the mind, the will, and the emotions. Watch your thinking. Watch your emotions. Because if you're not careful, that's where discouragement's going to grab hold. In your mind, in your emotions. And people get all emotional about things. That's why grab hold of your emotions. Don't be an emotional baby. Because it will get you to that place of discouragement, doubt, and ultimately compromise. So it says that the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. In pursuit of what God had already promised them, God said to them, everywhere the sole of your foot shall trod, it will be yours. I've given this land to you. He sent spies to bring back samples of the goodness of the land to which they were about to walk into to prove to them that where they were going was a good place. But they weren't committed to the journey. They weren't committed to the journey and they became discouraged in pursuit of, of the promised land. And as a result. Listen to what they said. And the people spoke against God. And against God. Of course when all else. When there's pro- trouble. Blame God and blame his leaders. It's definitely God and the leaders. So they blame God and Moses. And, and listen to what they said. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt. To die in the wilderness. God didn't say anything about you dying in the wilderness. He said keep on marching. Stay on the journey. Keep on going. Because I'm taking you to a good place. I didn't say the walk would be a cakewalk. I didn't say the journey would be an easy one. But I did say that you're going to the promised land if you will not get discouraged, begin to doubt, and ultimately compromise. Turn around and go back. Or just stop. Fortunately, Moses was a, a good and a strong leader and was able to rally them and to keep them, keep them marching. But, but you see here, he says, why have you brought us up out of Egypt and to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And listen, God up to this point had provided them with, with manna, which was bread from heaven. And our soul loathes this worthless bread. They were cursing the provision of God. Don't curse the provision of God. You may not, you know, you may not be totally where you're going to be. You may not have totally gotten to the place that you're expecting to get to. You know, but don't curse what you've got in your hand. Don't become so discouraged that you begin to doubt that this is even the blessing of God. That's why I say everything. Every time you get a paycheck, you ought to give God. It may not be the optimum job, may not be the optimum thing, you know, in your life, but give God the glory and the praise for what you got. Don't curse the blessing in your life. Supernatural bread from heaven, and they loathe this worthless bread. They were so discouraged that they began to doubt that God was even with them. Basically, they became so focused on their difficulties that they could not see the power, the provision, the help, and the love of Almighty God. They became so focused on the difficulty of the way. That's why if you're on a journey and you're trying to get somewhere in your walk with God right now, and it may be a tough journey, stop looking at the difficulties. Look at Jesus. Look at the Word of God. difficulties will always be there Jesus is immovable his word is sure and will always work in your life if you will work the word people of God forgot and unfortunately that's what's going on in the world today people have forgotten from where God has taken you that's why the church swells we call them CEOs Christmas and Easter only The church is filled with CEOs, (laughs) Christmas and Easter only. And some of these good people served God and saw the hand of God and the provision of God, but they became, listen, they became discouraged. They began to doubt, and they ultimately made a compromise. I don't think I can really do this anymore. I don't think I want to do this anymore. Why am I doing this? So their discouragement led them to the place of doubt and doubt led them to the place of a compromise. So now they're out in the world doing worldly things. You know, while we're talking about that, folks, there are no perfect churches. Don't come here thinking there's a perfect church here. And don't use the imperfections of this church to bolster up your laziness for not wanting to go to church. Listen, when you're in a a journey, there are going to be all kinds of things that happen. In light of it all, I could have in that journey become very discouraged, began to really doubt whether this was the right... In fact, one time um, I was going through a difficult time and one of my friends came to me and said, you know what? You really ought to consider doing a different kind of ministry. You're not called to be a pastor. That was a friend. I rebuke you, Satan. Get be behind me. <laughs> trying to get me to doubt the call of God in my life. Hopefully to bring me to a place of compromise. The journey always isn't going to be cake on. But listen, listen to what Isaiah forty-two sixteen. Are you getting something out of this? Or? Yeah. Isaiah forty-two sixteen says, I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. I will lead them in paths they have not known. See, you, you walk with God, you're going to go a, a strange way. It's going to be uncomfortable. You're not always going to know. You don't know how you're going to end up. Like, you know, it's like sometimes you're on a road and it's supposed to take you somewhere. You say, this road can't possibly take me to that place. It doesn't look like this road is going to bring me to where I want to go or where I'm trying to go. Anybody ever experienced that? You know, uh, sometimes I, I have the GPS on. I don't believe the GPS. It can't possibly, you can't possibly take me the right way. So I decide I'm going to go a different way to only find out that I should have listened to the GPS. Because even though it didn't look like it was the right way, it was the right way. And and God knows, you see, sometimes you're going to go by a blind way, a way that you, you never went before. God, God knows how to get you there. But look at what he promises. He said, I will make the darkness light before you. You may not see the end result, but God says, as you Pursue, and as you keep walking this journey, that He's going to break light before you. You're going to know exactly, you're going to see right, and have light right before you. And He said, and the crooked places straight. He's going to straighten out even the crooked places. And He says, These things I will do for them. And listen, I love this, and not forsake them. I don't have time to get into the second thing, but I'll just give it to you real quick because we're running out of time here. Sometimes it's the journey, sometimes it's the task at hand. It's the work that I need to do. I become very discouraged with the task. Many of you remember the story of of Nehemiah. and, And I want to get to Nehemiah. Maybe I'll pick up on that the next time. But Nehemiah, you know, had a vision because the walls of Jerusalem were crumbling and falling. And he heard about it. And he became so distraught because the walls of Jerusalem were crumbling. Now, walls, you have to understand, were protection for the city it was a fortification against the enemies. If there weren't walls, enemies would come in and plunder and loot and kill and do all kinds of things. So walls were a protection for the children of Israel in, in Jerusalem. So he found out that the walls were crumbling. He got a vision and a desire and We'll we'll talk about it another time. But ultimately what happened was that he went in and he got all the people excited about working. He said, come on, we're going to go build the walls. We're going to go rebuild the walls. Like I said before, people get all, come on, we're going to rebuild the walls. And a march started and Nehemiah picked up all of these people to help rebuild the walls. We're going to save the city of Jerusalem. We're going to rebuild the walls. And everybody's marching with them and all enthusiastic until the work began. We're having harvest fest. Yay, ooh, glory. I want to be a part of Harvest Fest. And then when you give out the schedule, well, we need you here, there, you start, oh, I didn't know it was going to be that difficult. Oh, there goes the church again, sucking the life out of me. Don't, don't they know I have a life outside of church? you know, it's like 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Sometimes the task is difficult. So Nehemiah goes out and he sets out and the labor's starting and, and uh, it says here, I'll just give you this one verse and then we'll, we'll finish up. But it says right here, it says, uh, then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing. And there's so much rubbish because of the building of the wall that we're not able to build. They were already convinced that they couldn't do it. <laughs> See, it goes back to that thing. They talked themselves out of it before they even tried. There's so much rubbish that we just can't do it. It just can't be done. I love when people tell me that something can't be done. That gets my juices flowing. You tell me it can't be done, I'll tell you ways that it will be done. Like, you know, different times we wanted to do different meals. Oh, we can't do it. We don't have enough people. I don't know, I, I, you know. Yeah, watch. I'll show you. Don't tell me that something can't be done. There's no task. There's no task that cannot be taken and overtaken and done. Because we have the power of God, the wisdom of God, the ability of God. You see, sometimes the task may seem bigger than what we think we can do. And what happens is that you begin to get discouraged because the garbage starts to pile up. You say, how are we going to deal with all this trash and all this rubbish? You see... And the laborers, the strength of the laborers, started to fail. They started to get discouraged. They started to doubt. And they were ready to quit. They were ready to compromise. But thank God that Nehemiah, being the leader that he was, he rallied the troops. And we'll see next time. Got to a point where he says, come on, we can do this. Surely we can do this. And they said, this is what we're going to do, you know. And they, they actually got to a point where, where the, they, the builders were building with one hand and they had a, uh, had a weapon in the other hand. So they're building and fighting, building and fighting, building and fighting, building and fighting. And in 52 days, they built and completed the walls around you. Boy, it's something what, what people can do when, when, when we, we refuse to get discouraged and we're willing to take the hard task and we're willing to stay the journey. It's amazing what we can get done in such a short amount of time. Come on, somebody give the Lord a hand clap, a shout of hallelujah.
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. in your order.